begin the Gemara today, the new Pedic, the seventh Pedic of Masechti Yevamis, Pedic Almana Lekayin Gadol. So the Mishnah here is going to speak about the halacha of Achilas uh, Truma, eating Truma, Benigayet to uh, a woman that gets married to a Kayin Gadol, and um, other halachas Benigayet to who is allowed to eat Truma besides the Kayin himself. Zaktayelige Mishnah, Almana Lekayin Gadol, Grusha V'chalutze Lekayin Hedyet. An almana that gets married to a kain gadol, which is of course forbidden, and similar with a grusha and a chalutza, which is forbidden to get married to a kain hadyet. So when she gets married to a kain hadyet, she becomes a halala, and she herself can't eat truma. But now the thing is, she didn't only get married to him, she brought in possessions with her. What did she bring in with her? She brings along her servants with her, and there are two different categories here. One is called Avde Melog, and the other is called Avde Tzayim Barzal. What's the difference between Melog and Tzayim Barzal? So Avde Melog is when she has her own possessions that she brings into her husband's, uh, when she gets married to her husband, and it remains hers. It's, they belong to her, and the husband uses them. You can take benefit of it. It's not only by Avadim, but it's by anything, by any properties or by any objects where the husband could use it or eat the paytas of it. But it totally belongs to her. And what happens when the husband passes away or divorces her? So then the husband just gives her back the fruits, or not the fruits, sorry, the, the property or whatever object it is, as is, and she takes it. It's always hers and that's it. The husband was just using the paytas of it while she was married to him. That's malog. The term malog, by the way, means when you pluck, you pluck out. So it's like the husband is plucking and taking paytas for himself, the usage of these things, but uh, the thing itself belongs to her. So over here, Avde Milog, she brings in these servants, and these servants belong to her, but the husband has the right during the time when she's married to him to use the, the, these servants for himself. Avde Tzayim Barzal is a different story. Avde Tzayim Barzal is when a woman brings in any of her possessions into marriage, and she writes into the Ksuba. She writes into the Ksuba what the value of those properties are today, the day they get married. Let's say the value is $1,000. And the husband takes responsibility that if he divorces her or he passes away, he's going to give back this value of what it is today, $1,000 to her. So if the value goes up, so then the husband gains because he only has to give back $1,000. If the value goes down, then the husband loses. He has to give her the value that it was, $1,000. So that's the responsibility that the husband is called. The reason it's called Tzayim Barzel is because the term Barzel means it's iron. Iron means that it's like set. This was uh, many times shepherds would take sheep to take care for their owner and they would make this similar kind of a deal. I'm taking your sheep and I'm going to return it to you in the value that it has today. If the value goes up or down later, I take the responsibility for the value that it is today. That's the story with these Tzayim Barzal. It's a special deal. It's written into the Ksuba itself that the husband takes that responsibility. So now the woman, that this, this woman here that got married to the Kayin, and she wasn't allowed to get married to this Kayin, she brings in with her Avde Melog and Avde Tzayim Barzal. So what's the halacha? Avde Melog, so those Avadim that she brings in that are Avde Melog, that the husband only could use, but it's still really her Avadim, they will not be able to eat Truma. Why can't they eat Truma? This woman herself can't eat Truma. She wasn't allowed to get married to this Kayin, she becomes a Halala. So if she herself can't eat Truma, so therefore, those avadim that she owns also can't eat truma. The Gemara will explain this more. There's a few opinions in this in the Gemara, but that's a simple explanation. Tzayim barzel, but avdi tzayim barzel that is, but those avadim that she brought into the marriage and were written into a contract that the husband takes full responsibility for it. 
So then Yoichlu, they could eat Truma, even if she herself can't eat Truma, but these Avadim now practically belong totally to the husband. So if they belong totally to the husband, the halacha is, just like a woman that's married to a Kayin, could eat Truma, Avadim that are owned by a Kayin could also eat Truma. The halacha of eating Truma is learned from the words, Kinyin Kaspoy, as we'll see in the Gemara. So if, a, if this uh, Kayin here owns these Avadim, it's Kinyin Kaspoy, so they can eat Truma. Now the mission explains the difference between Melug and Nechzitzay Marzal, regarding these Avadim here. This is what it means that she brings in these uh, slaves that are called Melog. In Mesu, Mesula. If they died, then it's her loss. If their value went up, it's, it's her gain. That's like, like I said, it's, it's still hers. The husband is just using it, but whatever they themselves, their value up and down, that's all hers. So, even if the husband is the one because he's using them, so therefore in return, he's the one that has to feed them. But nevertheless, they still can't eat truma. Like I said, they don't really belong directly to the husband. They belong to her. He's just using them. What are Avdit Saim Barzel? These, over here, there's this, this contract that's this written into the Ksuba that if they die, it's his loss. He's going to have to give back, reimburse her with that value that they made up at the time of when they wrote the Ksuba. If their value goes up, he sirulais, and then he gains, because he only has to give back the value that he was written to the Ksuba. So, so since the husband is the one that took this full responsibility for these avadim, so then So therefore, it's like he owns them directly, and therefore it's it's his avadim. So they eat truma like any ever that's owned by a kain. So this was all the Mishnah began with sort of the unusual case, with a woman that got married to a Kayan and she, and she was puzzled, she was not allowed. How about the regular case? Bas Yisrael, Shanisus the Kayan, Bas Yisrael gets married to a Kayan, so she's allowed to be married to him. And and she brings along with her also a Vodim. Whether she brought Avdim Melog, whether she brought Avdit Sein Barzal, In both cases, they eat Trume. What's the reason for this halacha? So the Avdit Sein Barzal eat Trume because it's like they're owned directly by the husband, by the Kayin. But even Avdi Melog, as we'll see in the Gemara, even though the Avdi Melog really belonged to her, and the husband is just using them, but the halacha is, when a Kayin owns a Isha, and that Isha buys something else, or in this case buys Avadim, so the secondary ownership of the husband, the Kayin, it's not a direct ownership, because again, he owns the woman, and now the woman owns Avadim, those Avadim can eat him as well. The Gemara is going to bring a Pasik to, to, as a source for this. Now, on the opposite, what happens if it's Bas Kayin? Not a Bas Yisrael, but a Bas Kayin. Now, a Bas Kayin could always eat Rumah from her father's house. But Nashanisis Li Yisrael, she gets married to Yisrael. Once she leaves her father's house and she gets married to Yisrael, she can't eat Rumah. And Vechnis Aloi Avadim, and along with her from her father's house, she brings her slaves, Bein Avdi Melog, Bein Avdi Barzal, whether she brings it into marriage as Melog or as Tzayim Barzal, Hareilu Lo Yechlu They follow her, and their status also changes together with her, that she can't eat Truma when she gets married to, Abbas, to, to Yisrael, so so to her Avadim can't eat Truma as well. So the Gemara will go back to the first case of the Mishnah. The Almana that got married to Kain Gadol, or the Grusha Chalutza that got married to the Kain Hedyit, and she brought in with her Avdei Melog, which are really her Avadim that her husband is just using. So the Mishnah said that they cannot eat Truma. So we said in the Mishnah that those Avdei Melog in this case can't eat Truma. But Amai, why not? 
we have the following rule regarding getting married to a Kayan. Lehevi If the Kayan acquires someone, whether a wife, whether a slave, and now that wife or slave went and acquired someone for themselves. So that's a secondary Kenyan to the Kayan. That individual could also eat Truma. And where's the source of this? Gemara brings it, the Braise, that brings the Pasik, the Tanya, it says in the Braise. From where do we know a Kayan that gets married to a wife? And the Kona Vodim, or he brought, he, he bought that is, uh, slaves. So that wife or that Evet could eat Truma. The Pasik says, a kayan that buys and acquires somebody. So that person could eat truma together with the kayan. So a wife is an acquisition and a vodim are an acquisition. So therefore they can eat truma. But now the, the Braissa says it goes further. So this wife that's married to the kayan, she went ahead and bought and acquired her own slaves. Or if the kayan owns slaves and those slaves went ahead and bought their own slaves. Rashi says, usually this is not possible. Usually if slaves buy slaves, it's owned directly by the master. But there is a case that Rashi says that if someone gives any of these slaves a gift with a condition on Manas that your master has no rights to this, that it should be your slaves to help you, so then the slaves can buy slaves for themselves. So the halacha here is, that even those acquisitions also can eat trume from the Kayan. So the wife's avadim, or the avadim's avadim, of that, that belong to the Kayan, they could also eat trume. From where do we know this? So we learn it from the same Pasuk as well. And there's extra words here. Shanama, the Pasuk says, V'kayin ki yiknen nefesh, kinyin kaspoy. So Rashi says, the words kinyin kaspoy are extra. Could have said, V'kayin ki yiknen nefesh, hu yechabay. What is it? Why does it have to say kinyin kaspoy? So from this we learn out, that if you acquire, if the Kayan acquired somebody, and then that individual that he acquired, whether his wife, whether an Evid, went and acquired someone else that they now own, they are a secondary ownership to the Kayan, they could also eat from it. Rashi says the way you dash in this Pasik is, it's as if the Pasik wrote, the Kayan kiyikne kinyin kaspoi nefesh. That kinyin kaspoi that the Kayan bought went and bought another nefesh that they own. So now that secondary ownership could eat Truma from the Kayin. So what's the Gemara's question? So over here in the Mishnah, when the, the Almana gets married to Kayin Gadol or the Grusha Chalutza gets married to the Kayin Hedyit, so this is a woman that's owned by the Kayin. That's a Kenya Kaspai. And now she brings along Avdim Meluk. She brings along Avadim that she owns. What does it say in the Mishnah? The Avadim can eat Truma because she owns them. So the Gemara is questioning the whole premise of this. Why if she owns them, can't they eat Truma? The halacha is that if a Kayan acquires a woman and that a woman acquires an Eved, the Eved can eat as well. So in the Mishnah, this halacha should apply as well, that the Avdim Meluk should be allowed to eat Truma. So the Gemara answers, no, over here it does not apply. Why? Because you have the following rule. If the first acquisition, in this case the wife, if she herself through this marriage could eat, so then machel. So then whoever she acquires, if she brings along a vadim with her as well, she will cause that they should be allowed to eat from the term of the kain as well. But if the first acquisition, the wife, she can't eat because she's not allowed to get married to this kain. She becomes a halala, so then ain't a michel. So then the secondary acquisition that she brings along the vadim with her can't eat either. That's the difference. That's the, halala, that's the reason for this halal here. 
So the Gemara asks on this whole premise, but Velo is this, is, this, is, not, is this not going to be the case? That even if the one that can't eat, that does he have a case where there's one person that he cannot eat Rome, but he causes others that they should be allowed to eat Rome. And the Gemara shows where, this, where you see this. You have a coin that he himself is an oral. He had no bris. Let's say his brothers, like we learned in the previous uh, Patek, they died and they couldn't make a bris for him. So the Kayin himself can't eat Roma. He's an Oral. Or V'cholat Meim, a Kayin that's Tome, and he can't eat Roma. She'ena Noichlin. But Umachilin. But if this Kayin that can't eat Roma himself, he owns a slave, <laughs> or he got married to a wife, the slave that he owns, or the wife that he married, will be able to eat Roma. So let's say the same thing over here. This wife of the Kayin can't eat Roma because she's possible, she becomes a Halala. But the slave that she brings along, that's, there's a drush on that, that the Kenyan that your Kenyan brought should be allowed to eat Roma, even if the wife herself can't eat. So the mother says, no, there's no comparison here. Hasam pumayu kovluhu. Over there, the fact that the Kayin himself can't eat Truma when he's an Oral or is a Tomei, it's not the Pshat that he has no Shaykhs to the Truma. It's a technicality that his mouth is hurting him that he can't put the Truma into his mouth. It's an expression. But what this means is that this Kayin, he's really a Kayin. And Truma belongs to him. But because he's an Oral, so technically there's a condition that he can't eat Truma without having a bris. Or if he's Tomei, so at this point when he's Tomei, he can't eat Truma. But the Etzem, he's a person that can eat Truma. So therefore, if he owns someone, if he marries a wife or an Ev, he gets an Eved, they'll eat Truma as well. Whereas over here, this woman that married the Kayin, she becomes a Halala. A halala, she never gets the rights at all to eat truma. So therefore, the ev that she brings along, that she owns, the ev demilog, will not be able to eat truma. But you do find another case where it's not just a technicality, and still you see that a person that cannot eat truma causes someone else to eat truma. Vahare mamzer, but it comes to a case of a mamzer, he cannot eat trume, but umaychol. He can cause someone else to eat trume. What's this case that we're speaking about? Sarashi says, this is the case of a bas Yisrael that got married to a What's the Allah of a bas Yisrael that got married to a So she can eat trume with the kain, but what happens now if her husband passes away? So the Allah is that if she had children with the kain, so then even after the kain passed away, she can continue eating trume. But if she had no children, this is in this week's parasha, if she had no children with the Kayin, so then once her husband, the Kayin, passes away, she can't eat Truma anymore. So there's a Mishnah here later on Daf Samechtes that says a case, we're not only talking about her own child, it's even a grandchild. Let's say she had a daughter, and now that daughter with this Kayin, and that daughter with this Kayin passed away. And now this daughter got married to a Mamzer, and she has a grandchild, a Mamzer. So this grandchild, a mamzer, comes from this marriage that she had with this kayin. That is enough of a reason that she could not continue eating truma even after her husband, the kayin, passed away. This grandchild, a mamzer. So the Gemara is using this as an example. So here you see a grandchild, which is a mamzer, and this grandchild is uh, not even a kayin b'chlal. He's a, he's a, he's a Israel. And this grandchild is causing that the mother that was married to the kayin should be able to eat truma. Should be. Yeah, that the mother can eat truma. So here you see that a person that's not oichel, he himself does not eat truma, but nevertheless, there's a cause that the mother should be able to eat truma. I mean, Rashi says that the truth is, the, the detail of mamza is not relevant to this whole case. You could say the same case even without making the grandchild into a mamza, even if the child was just a regular kosher eat. The, the mother is bringing manza because that's the case of the Mishnah later. But even if the child was just a plain kosher eat, but he's, he's comes, he's a grandchild that came from this marriage between this woman and the kain. So as long as that grandchild is alive, so she has a descendant from this marriage to the kain. So therefore, even after the kain passes away, she can continue eating truma. 
But the point is, here's an example where you see that you have a child or a grandchild that's not Eichel, he does not eat Truma, but because of him, his grandmother could eat Truma. So how can you tell me your rule that if someone himself does not eat Truma, so that he can't be a cause that someone else could eat Truma? So in our Mishnah, we should say the same thing. The woman herself that's puzzled to the Kayin cannot eat Truma, but maybe the Eva that she brings along should be able to eat Truma. Okay, but so the Gemara says, no, that example does not apply to here because the rule that we said before is as follows. So Amr Ravina, Ravina explains, Kinyan What we were talking about is regarding this Kayach to eat Truma as a result of being acquired by a Kayin. And this is what we were saying before. Kinyan Eichel If you are acquired by a Kayin, whether as a wife or whether as an Eved, and through that acquisition you yourself could eat Truma, so then Michael. So then the secondary acquisition, if that person that the Kayan acquired bought an Eved, he will also be able to eat Truma. But She'ein Eichel, if the first acquisition to the Kayan, the wife, she herself is puzzled and she can't eat Truma, then Eina Michael. If she goes and acquires an Eved, in this case she brought in an Eved Melog, he will not be able to eat Truma. That's the rule of our Mishnah. By the, by, on the other hand, over there, by the case of this grandchild that causes the mother to eat uh, trume, has nothing to do with an, with an acquisition. <coughs> the point of here is, it's all within the Kenyan. The, the first Kenyan, which makes the relationship between the Isha and the Kayin, has to be strong enough to affect the secondary acquisition. But if the first Kenyan is so weak that she herself can't eat, so it's not going to affect that the secondary acquisition will be able to eat. By the case of the Mamza, it's not a matter of the Kayach of the Kenyan. It's a different halacha that if you have a descendant from that marriage of the Bas Yisrael to the Kayin, so then you could still eat Roma. Nothing to do with a Kenyan. Of course, it's a marriage. It, the Kedushan takes effect. Yeah, the Kenyan is Chal. It's a marriage, even though it's possible, and she can't eat Roma, but it's a Kenyan. Now, Rav says a different shot. The truth is that because she's an acquisition of this Kayan, she is married, even though she herself can't eat, but the truth is that the Avadim that she brings along should be able to eat. Because there's a separate Pasuk for that, that the secondary acquisition could eat. And it doesn't matter if the first one, the first acquisition could eat or not. But the reason why the Avadim that this Isha brings along in the marriage can't eat, it's What's the in order that this woman should come and say, Look, I can't eat. My avadim can't eat either. And therefore she says to herself, This woman, referring to herself, I'm only a Zaina. I'm not really legitimately married, married, that is, to my husband. Chachamim wanted that she should realize that her marriage is possible and she's not legitimately married to him and therefore she should get herself divorced from him. How is she going to realize this? If she's going to be married to him, even if she herself can't eat Truma, but her Eved could eat Truma, she, so she's going to say, okay, the marriage is Takapostle, that's why I can't eat Truma, but look, my Avadim can eat Truma, so that proves that this is a legitimate marriage. And the truth is that it is a legitimate marriage. I mean, Menatayra, the marriage takes effect. She, it's possible, but the marriage takes effect. So Chachamim were that the Avadim should not be able to eat Truma, so she should think to herself that the marriage did not take effect, and that she's a Zaina, and nobody wants to live like a Zaina, and therefore she'll leave her husband. That's so this basically to motivate her to leave her husband, we didn't allow her Avadim to eat Truma. So therefore what happens, Hilkach Asila Fuka, so he's going to come to divorce her, she's, she's not going to want to live with him. Ravashi Omar, Ravashi also says there's a Gzayda Midar but there's a different Gzayda here. 
Why again? Why can't these avdei malug that come along with this isha that's possible to the kain eat from this trume? Gzeira, because here there's a gzeira shematachil laachamisa. If we allow these avodim to eat while she's married to this kain, what happens when her husband the kain passes away? She may continue feeding her avodim trume. Therefore, even now when she's married to him, she can't give them any trume. So the Gemara right away asks him this, if that's the concern, so Elamiyata, if so, this is not only over here in this case, by this postular marriage. So if so, any Basisro that marries a Kain also, don't allow the woman to give her Avodim Truma because after the husband passes away, she may continue giving the Truma to the, the Avodim. Rashi here says that this Gzeda, that the Gemara is saying here, is only Benigeya to the Avodim that are Nichsei Melug. Not going to get to the avodim that are nichsed same barzel because the avodim that are nichsed same barzel are really owned directly by the husband. So those avodim will understand that after their husband, which is like their master, passes away, they can't eat trum anymore. But if these avodim that are owned by her and the husband is just using them, and the husband passes away, the kain passes away, she will think, look, they were, they were mine before and they ate trum. So even now that the husband passed away, they, they're mine, but they could still eat trum. She has kids. Huh? Even, no, she does not have kids. Right? She does not have kids. Adama says, even if she has kids, she herself could continue eating truma, but the avodim, I don't think so. They can't eat truma because they were only allowed to eat truma because they were a secondary kinyan to the kayan. But after the kayan passes away, they can't eat anymore. So the point, but the Gemara is asking, why don't we make this gzeda always? By any time, Isha brings in avodim to the marriage. Why only here by an almana or a grusha v'chalutza the kayan had yet? So the Gemara explains the Gzeda, El Omer Avashi, says, this is the Gzeda that he meant to say. Balmana Koyhenes. We're not speaking about any Almana, Bas Yisrael, but we're speaking about an Almana, she herself is a Koyhenes. What happens with an Almana that's a Koyhenes? So if this Almana that's a Koyhenes, let's say she was married to a Yid. As long as she was married to a Yid, she wasn't allowed, a Yisrael that is. She wasn't allowed to eat Truma. But now this Almana Koyhenes goes back to her father's house and she could eat Truma. Right, and now this Almana Kehenes that's eating Truma in her father's house, she could eat Truma, her Avadim could eat Truma, and now she's getting remarried a second time. Now the Asya Loiruye, she's going to come and say, and make the following mistake. Before, I was an Almana, and I went back to my father's house, and I was able to eat Truma over there. And my Avadim were able to eat Truma there as well with me. In Sivilela Hai, now I get married to this individual, to this Kayan. So this is a Kehenis that's getting married to a Kayan. Or if it's an Almana, she's getting married to a Kayan Godel. So, Achli Betrume de Gavroi. So now my Avadim, they could continue eating Trume. They're eating Trume from my husband. And now, what happens when this Kayan passes away? She'll say, now if the Kayan passes away, I'm going to go back to my previous status. Just like before I was an Almana. And I went back to my father's house. My avodim were able to eat truma together with me. So now when I become an almana a second time from this kohen gadol that I married, so my avodim could continue eating truma. Velayada, she's not going to realize that there's a big difference. The first time she was an almana and she went back to her father's house, she wasn't a halala. Her husband died. And she went back to her father's house, so she could eat truma, her avadim could eat truma. Hashta shav yisul and nafsha chalala. When she got remarried a second time, and now she was an almana, they got married to a kohen gadol. She she made herself a chalala. Once she made herself a chalala, so therefore, if she can't eat truma, 
Her avadim can't eat truma either when she goes back to her father's house. Once she goes back to her father's house, she could never eat truma again. Usually a woman that goes, a kaihanis that goes back to her father's house can eat truma, but not if she becomes a halala. So if she's a halala and she can't eat truma, so going back to her father's house, her avadim cannot eat truma. So this is the case that we're concerned of, that she'll make a mistake, that she'll think that her avadim could still eat truma. If she's an almana and she got married to a, to a regular kayan, then that's okay. That's fine. Well, here we're talking about an almana to kayan gadol. I mean, the Gemara is giving this example here of the almana to the kayan gadol, but it's the same thing with hagrusha v'chalutza, the kayan hedi, the same thing. Okay, so the Gemara says, this is all gzeda regarding an almana that's a kayhenes. So teinach almana kayhenes. So we have this gzeda. Almana bas Yisrael, maya By an almana which is a bas Yisrael, this whole gzeda doesn't apply that she thought that before she could eat truma, that almana bas Yisrael couldn't eat before truma. So the Gemara says, Baal manusa loy pligi. Chachamim made this gzeda regarding an almana of a kayhenes. And then loy pligi, they didn't make a difference and they applied the gzeda by any almana or even uh, also by a grushna chalutza, by any psula that, get, that gets married to a kayin, that we're concerned that she'll make this mistake, and therefore even by a bas Yisrael, we apply this gzeda. Okay, now the Gemara goes back to the concept of Tznichsei Tzayim Barzel that was mentioned in the Mishnah, and here the Gemara will bring a very fundamental machloikis, benigay to the status of those possessions that a woman brings into the marriage, and they're written into the Ksobe, that the husband takes full responsibility over it, that when he passes away, he's going to give her exactly the value the way it is today. So itma we learned this machlekes hamachneses shum This is another expression that's used for nichsei tzayim barzel. She brings in possessions into the marriage, and shum it's evaluated for what it is, and the husband takes responsibility for it. So now what happened? The husband passed away, or the husband divorced her, and he emedes. She comes and says, I want to take those very possessions themselves, the vessels. I want to have the objects itself." Because that, that's what we made up, that you're going to give me this itself, as is, so now I want it itself. Who I He comes and says, No, I took responsibility to give you the value of what they are today, but I want to keep the possessions that you brought in for me, and I'll give you the value of it. So, Hadin Imi, who has the right, of, whose, whose argument is right? Whose argument do we accept? Rav Yudah Rav Yudah says, Hadin Ima, she's right. She can take the kalim itself that she brought in. That's, that's what the deal is. And she gets them. Rabami says, no, he's right. That the deal was that he can, he's responsible to give her the exact value of what they are. But the kalim itself, the husband can keep. At the time of marriage, right? Huh? We're talking, no, we're talking about when he divorces her or he passes away. What, what, what it means that you're going to give the, the value that, that it was the at the time of marriage. marriage. Yeah. So the Gemara explains the Machlaikis, Rav Yudah Ma'adinima. Rav Yudah says she's right, she could take the Kalim itself, Mishim Shvach Pesavia, because this is the, the assets that she brought from her father's house, and therefore it's very, very valuable to her. Why, why was she making this whole deal? She was making this whole deal that the husband should give it back to her as is, because these are very valuable assets from her father's house. So therefore, the Dav. The point of the deal is that she should be able to take back this itself. Ravami says, no, he's right, because the, the nature of the deal is different. Since what, when the Mishnah here, we just learned, describes what Nichzit Saint Barzil is, what did the Mishnah say? 
that she brought in Avadim into the marriage. And now in Mesu, if those Avadim died, Mesu Lai, he's going to be responsible to reimburse her for them, their value. Then my Seder, if the value went up, he Seder Lai, he gains from that because he only has to give the value that they were at the time of marriage. And then the Mishnah concludes, since the husband, the Kayan, took full responsibility, therefore they could eat trauma with him. So Rashi says, the Gemara is proving from this last point of here. Why could these Avadim that she brought in eat trauma with him, even though she can't eat trauma, she's puzzle? So the reason is because the husband owns those Avadim directly. They're like his. He took the full responsibility over them. The gain, the loss is all his. So they, be, they become like his Avadim. And therefore, Rav Yehuda understands from this that, again, Rav Yehuda, Rav Ami understands from this that if it's his Avadim, he gets to keep the Avadim if he wants and he pays her the value of it. And the same with any possessions that she brought into the marriage, that he took the responsibility for them, so the, the, the possessions itself becomes his and he just has to pay the value of it for, to her. He took the responsibility of the value, not of it. He took the responsibility. Of the value, not yeah, of it. The, what, so what happens with it itself? It's his. He keeps them. Right. It keeps them. Okay, so that, that's oh, yeah. exactly that, that. That's the point that the Ravami is saying. Um, Rav Safra, so Rav Safra argues on this raya from the Mishnah. Does the Mishnah say these words? Does the Mishnah say that those avadim that she brought in becomes mamish his? It doesn't say it becomes his. It says Since he took full responsibility over them, that the gain is his gain and the loss is his loss. Maybe it's just that level of responsibility that makes a strong connection between these Avadim and him, that they could eat Truman. Not because they become his, that if he dies or, or, or divorces her, that she won't uh, get them. It just says that it's his responsibility, but it doesn't say that it's his. But we could still say, like Rav Yehuda said, they don't belong to him. She co- co- if he passes away, she can go and collect them themselves and take them to herself. So she'll, she'll, okay, so she'll have to, she'll have to give him, she'll have to give him back. What, yeah, she'll have to give him back that difference, yeah. So the Gemara, wait a minute, so now the Gemara wants to understand this thing itself. If the Kayin takes responsibility for these Avadim, is that enough of a reason that they can now eat trauma with him? Do I say that if a Kayin takes responsibility over something, so now that individual could, could eat trauma? But what now? We learned in the Mishnah, Yisrael Shesach HaPara Mikayin. A Yid that rents a cow from a Kayin. So it belongs to the Kayin, but when a Yid rents this cow, the Yid takes responsibility. What's the Allah of a Seicher? A Seicher takes responsibility for Gneve Vaveda. If it gets stolen or it gets lost, he has to reimburse the owner. So the Allah here is, Hareze Yachilena Karshine Trume. So because it really still belongs to the Kayin. It, the Yid took responsibility over it, but it belongs to the Kayin. So if it's a cow of the Kayin, it can eat vetches of, of Trume like, like a cow that belongs to the Kayin. If it's the reverse, Kayin Shesach Aparam Yisrael, a Kayin that rents a cow from a Yid and he takes the responsibility over it, that if it gets lost or stolen, that he's going to reimburse. And so now even more, the Mishnah says, Afapishim Olav, he's the one that has to feed these cows. Lo Yachilana he cannot give to eat vetches of Trume to these cows that belong to the Yisrael. So what's the Gemara proving from here? So you see that the Kayin takes responsibility for these cows, but that's not enough of a reason that they can eat Trume. Because they're not his. He doesn't own them. So going back to our Mishnah, when it says in our Mishnah that a Kayin that has the Avadim that his wife brought in, and they can eat Trume, these, these Avadim, so we would have to say the reason is because they actually belong to the Kayin. It's not enough to say that the Kayin just takes responsibility over them. Responsibility is not enough of a reason to eat Trume. 
Says the Gemara, wait a minute, there's no comparison between these two cases. Is there any comparison here? They were talking about a renter. A renter it takes a lower level of responsibility if, if it gets stolen or if it gets lost. So that's not really full responsibility. That's why you can't give them to eat any truma. But by, and by itself, if there's any anus that takes place, there's something that's not even the Kayin's fault, get, they get weaker, the value, the value goes down. Does a renter take that kind of responsibility? Whereas in our Mishnah, what happened in our Mishnah? The Avdeit Saim Barzal, the husband, the Kayan, took full responsibility for anything that happened. So that's a much stronger responsibility. So therefore the Gemara says, Our Mishnah would be compared to the case that it says there in the Seifa of that Mishnah. And exactly like in our Mishnah. Yisrael Shesham Pader Mikayin. A Yisrael that took a, a, a cow from a Kayin and the deal that they made was they evaluated the value of the cow on that day when he takes it to use from the Kayin and he took full responsibility that he's going to return it to the Kayin as is whatever the value is today. So then he can't give any Tromah to it because now this level of responsibility becomes the Yisrael's. A Kayin that takes a cow from a year, then he takes full responsibility, they evaluate it, then he takes full responsibility, so then So he could give vetches of truma to this cow because he took full responsibility. So here I see that even though this cow does not belong to the Kayin, it's just a very strong and full level of responsibility, that's enough that you can eat, that you can give truma to these cows. So it's the same thing in our Mishnah. The fact that you can give the truma to the, to the Avdeit Saint Basil does not prove that it belongs to the Kayin. It just shows that that level of responsibility is enough that he's allowed to give them truma. Yosef, Rabbi, Rav Yosef, Rabbi and Rav Yosef were sitting, Bishili Pirke, the Rav Nachman, at the end of the Shir of Rav Nachman, and the Yosvi, the Ka'amri, and they were sitting and they were saying, Tanya Kavasaid, Rav Yehuda. We learned in the Braise of Rav Yehuda that she gets the Kalim itself. And we learned like Rabami that she does not, she cannot take the Kalim itself, and he just gives you gives her the value of it. We learned like Rabami, so it says in the Braise, Avdeit Sain Barzel, with these Avadim, Avad Kanani, that she brought into the marriage, Sain Barzel, Yaitsin Bishain Vaayin. So they will leave their master, Bishen Vayan. This is the halacha by Evet Kanani, that if the master of an Evet Kanani knocks out his tooth and knocks out an eye, he goes out free. So it's the same thing over here. This Evet goes out free if you knock out an eye and a tooth. But to who though? Who knocked out his eye and tooth? Only if the master did so. What does it say? Le'ish. If the man, the husband, is the one that knocked out her eye or tooth, or the, or the Evet's eye and tooth rather, so the Evet goes out free. Avaloi le'isha. But not if the woman knocked out the eye or the tooth. So what do you see from this? That we see exactly like what Rabbi Ami said. That he is the real master. Not only responsibility, he owns the Evet. So therefore if he knocks out an eye, he'll go, he'll go free. If the woman knocks out an eye, he does not go free. Because she, she, he's not, she, she's not the owner of these Evet. Okay, so that's clearly that the husband gets to keep the Nechzei Tzayim Barzal. We have a price that says clearly, like Rav Yehuda, that she could take her kalim back. Because it says, If she brings in and they evaluate it, and the husband, husband takes responsibility, so now, if during the time of their marriage, the husband wants to go and sell any of these nichsets in Barzal, he doesn't have the right to sell it. Why not? This is exactly like what Rav Yehuda said. Because she can demand, I want to have my items back itself. If we say like Rab Ami that he just pays her the value for it, why can't he sell it? So here you see clearly like what Rav, what, like what Rav Yudha said. 
And not only this, you have a similar thing, not that she brought in possessions into the marriage and then the husband took responsibility for it. He himself gifts her different things and he says, I'm giving you these gifts and I take full responsibility that I'm going to give you the value of this. If, if, if I divorce you or if when I pass away, you'll get the full value for this. So if he wants to sell this, he's not, he's not allowed to sell it. She has the right to demand to take these items themselves. If any of them did go ahead and sell it and, and, and sold it, le for for um, the reason of parnasa, because I mean Rashi says that's just orchid the milsonak. I mean they needed money, and any of them went to sell. In other words, the point over here is that even though the husband wasn't allowed to sell it, but he went and sold it anyways. So the Gemara says the Mishnah says Rashi that it says This is a story that happened by Rabshim Gamliel of Amar, and Rabshim Gamliel said. That if the husband went and sold it, and he didn't have the right to sell it, so then the husband will have the right to go and tell the buyers that this whole sale was not, is null and void, and he can take it back from them. So Rashi explains that needless to say, that the woman, if the husband passes away, or the husband divorces her, the woman can go to the buyer and say, this item belongs to me now. I have a deal with the husband that if he passes away or if he divorces me, it belongs to me. But if, even in the reverse, even if she passes away, the husband could now go and, and to the buyer and say, yes, I sold it to you, but it was an illegitimate sale. And I'm, I'm asking back, you back from it. Now, 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 I'm, I, I'm, I yashin my wife and I have the right to come and ask you back for this item itself. That's how Rashi explains this Gemara. There are different uh, Pshatim over here. Okay, but what's the point? You see clearly in this Braise, like what uh, Rav Ami said, that he's, uh, he, uh, that again, like uh, Rav Yehuda said, that she can take the item back for herself. Therefore, the husband can't sell it. We pass in like Rav Yehuda, that she could take it back. So Rav asks Rav Nachman about this. Why are you passing like Rav Yehuda? But what Tanik was said to Rav Ami? Don't we have a Braise that says like Rav Ami? So he told him, Yes, we have a b'raisa like Rav Ami, but nevertheless, The reasoning of Yehuda is very logical. The whole reason she's making this deal with him, that he should, he should give it back to her, is because these are assets that she values. It came from her father's house, and she wants to be able to get back it itself, if he passes away or divorces her. The Gemara brings the story that happened. She brought into the marriage... Uh, an expensive cloak from fine wool, and they wrote it into the Ksube, Nixit Saint Barzal, that the husband takes full responsibility to give it back to her in the value that it is. Shachiv, now the husband passed away, so she should be able to take back this cloak, right? But what happened? Shaklua Yasmi, the children, the Yusaymin went and took it, took it, Upersua Amisne, and they spread it over the body, the, the dead body, her husband. So now, once she spread it over the body, it becomes like tachrichim. These are shrouds that are used for a dead body. And so the Rav says, So once it was spread over the body, he, he, he acquired it, and you don't give it back to the woman anymore. So Rashi over here brings, the halacha is, the tachrichim of a mace are asr bahana, just like kachim, that are asr bahana. So once it's being used, Rashi brings a pasuk here for this. Once it's being used for the tachrichim, so she can't take it back anymore. That's it. So Amalei Nanoi, Berei Derav Yosef, Berei Derave, Lerav Kahane. So he asked about this. But didn't Rav say in the name of Rav Nachman that we pass in like Rav Yehuda, that these nichseit soin barzel, she has the right to collect the, it itself back. So if this cloak really belongs to her, 
How could they go and make something that belongs to her asabana? Could, could Reuven go and take an item that belongs to Shimon and Asarat Bano, be Makdashit the Hektash? He can't do that. So just because they threw it over the dead body, they can make it Asa Bano. How can they do such a thing? It belongs to her. So he answered him, Amalei, Niloi Maider of Yehuda, even of Yehuda that says that she has the right to collect her items itself. But doesn't Rav Yehuda agree, the Mechusa Gevaina, that this still lacks collection? She, yes, she has the right to collect it itself, but she still didn't collect it. She has a kayach of a shibut to go ahead and collect it, but she still didn't collect it. And therefore, v'kivin the mechusa gevayna, so since it was not yet collected by her, b'rishu say koi, so currently it is in the possession of her husband and in the possession of the Yisayimim, the, the Yerushim of the husband, and therefore they do have the kayach to asrit bahano when they threw it over the, 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 the dead body. And the Gemara brings an example for this. We had this before in the Gemara here. Rav and Rav follows her reasoning. The Omar Rav, Rav said, and this is a statement of Rav that's speaking about a person that borrowed money. And so you have hektish. So what happens if the, the borrower, so he uh, showed the, the, the lender, again, the, 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 there was a mashkin here that he said that uh, you can come and collect, the borrower said you can come and collect from this possessions, from this field or from this house, from whatever it is. And then what does he go and do? Hektish. He goes and he's maktish at the hektish. And Rashi says it has to be a hektish of Kedusha Saguf. Or chametz. Or let's say you had a yid that borrowed money from a guy. And this borrower again, he tells the guy, you can come and take from this chametz. Okay, and Rashi says, we're talking about chametz, which is in the, um, it's in the house of uh, the, the yid. It's not in the house of the guy. And the shikhron, or let's say this borrower owned an evet, and he tells the lender, it's this evet you could collect your loan from. And so what happens? But he freed the evet. He went and freed the evet. Mafkiin midei shibud. So whether it's the hektish, whether it's chametz, and now Pesach passed, and then because Pesach passed, it becomes chametz she'ava all over Pesach, because this was still in the possession of the yid. Or shikhron, this guy went and took this evet that he told the lender that you can collect from here, and he freed him. They annul the whole shibud. So what do you see from here? Even though the lender had a shibud on these items, but nevertheless, it's only a shibud. It's not, he didn't collect it yet. It's not a full ownership. So because it's only a shibud, if you, you have the ability to be maktashit, or the chametz is going to asset it, or you could free this evet, and, and the, 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 the lender will lose. So the same thing over here, the Gemara is saying that even though the woman has the right to collect these kalim themselves, in this case, this, this cloak of fine wool, she had the right to collect it itself, but it was only a shibut, and therefore if the assignment went and threw it over the dead body, it became asabana, and once it became asabana, she will not be able to collect it anymore.